welcome to Dating in the City, Season 6. We're the Conti sisters, matchmakers and co-founders of Matchmakers in the City, an old-school personal matchmaking firm headquartered here in Los Angeles, regularly featured on Access Hollywood, Forbes, Relevant Radio, and more. We've been celebrity matchmakers for 10 years, and now we're spilling all of our secrets about love and relationships to you. Hey, you guys, and welcome to Dating in the City. I'm Alessandra Conti. And I'm Christina Pineda. And it's so nice to be with you all today. Christina, how yes, are you doing? We today? had a little bit of a week break, but I think everyone's back in action. Alessandra has back to back weddings and. Oh, my gosh. Wedding, wedding. Extremely busy. Party, party, wedding. Dinner, dinner, pet party. I know I was so busy and I, I was not sick, but I definitely like couldn't speak. Like there were like two days there where my throat just felt as though I was just, I could not, like I was, I couldn't speak. Well, you recovered so Don't quickly. Speak. Praise the Lord. We were know. praying for you. So he answered our prayers. That's great. No, I, I've been healing, you know, honestly, for me, physical healing is nothing compared to mental healing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take physical healing over mental healing any day. Um, Be careful oh, what you wish for. <laughs> no, I'm not with, listen, I'm wishing for just health in all areas yes. of my life, Yes, but I will say that, no, I, I'm, I am very grateful that, that, that I just, I really healed just really quickly and it was nothing bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you guys were so excited. We have such a great show for you today. Yes. We are. Yes. Happy 4th of July belated. Yes. We had wonderful. Plan. What did you do, Christina? What did you do? Actually, be posting. I'll be posting a photo of my of my plans. I went to some friends' house for a dinner. It was so much fun. It was delicious. We just had such a blast, and then we saw fireworks on the way home. So, if you want to see a photo from our trip, I'll be posting that on my Instagram this week. Oh, I love it. That's so fun. Yeah. I, I had a few pool parties. One of my girlfriends, Bella has a pool. Um, they just moved into a new house and, um, it was the first pool party that they've had at their new house. So that was really fun. And it was just with a bunch of girlfriends and, um, actually the, the girls are from the women's group that I host on Tuesday nights. Um, that's where I had met the a majority of the girls that were there and it was just so much fun. And then the next day I went to a party, a pool party in Larchmont. So it was at one of the, so anyone that knows Los Angeles knows that there's this area of LA called Larchmont and it's these traditional houses that are, Christina, how would you describe the neighborhood of Larchmont? It's as if you're jumping into New England, you're in LA yeah. and then you just time travel. Or, yeah. Or take a really quick jet to New England and you have these just beautiful, more, more traditional, traditional houses that are pretty mm-hmm. far apart from each other, which is rare in Los Angeles. It's rare even in Beverly Hills. 
to have houses yeah, that are that far knows. apart from each other. Bel Air, that's normal. Um, for Bel Air, it's normal to have just more space in more between. Space, right. But in right. Beverly Hills, remember when we first came, we were like, what is going on? These mansions are on top of each other. It's true. Like, what a way to live. <laughs> How horrific. So it's not (laughs) exactly bad. No, but that's the thing with LA. I think that because it is even Beverly Hills, because it still is technically a city, you're the, the space just isn't what it is in like a Nashville or something or a New Jersey. Mm, Nashville, Sandra is this is that no, they, they tightly pack it too. Yeah. It is Nashville and LA are, are almost going to be probably neck and neck soon. I would, I would assume. Oh my goodness. Um, Mm -hmm. but no, yeah. So the, the party I went to in Larchmont, it was so interesting because it was a group of friends that grew up in LA. So it's kind of like, you know, like in Mawa, there are certain people that never left Mawa. They just stayed in Mawa. Um, you also would call like in like small towns, you would call them like townies, but in, and the, not in a derogatory way, it's just people that stayed in this town that they grew up in. And maybe they went away to college or maybe they didn't, but they kind of stayed in the same town. Um, so it was just so fascinating because that equivalent in LA, like that's kind of what I was, I was at a party where everyone knew each other. They had all gone to, they like grew up together. It was like sister to the traveling pants, but it was like all, it was guys that had grown up together. So it was just such a cool kind of warm dynamic. Who did you go with? It was my, um, uh, one of my girlfriends, um, two, yeah. One of my girlfriends invited me, um, and that me and another friend. So it was like her, she was the connector of us. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was so much fun. And we just like listened to early two thousands music and it was just a really warm and inviting environment. And just the fact, like, just, it's such a progressive, like LA is just so, progressive and I'm not talking politically, but I'm talking about just like, just in terms of just like creatively, you know, like these people, even though they kind of all grew up in the same, like in the same area, they're just so creative and different personalities. And it just was really cool. I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun experience. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of, a lot of times in LA, when people have parties, it's, it's a lot of just like transplanty kind of vibes of people that are not. So I don't know. I just thought it was really fun. Um, so yeah, it was such a blast. Well, so, that is a perfect segue to segue. Like us. <laughs> yes. In this segment, we discuss the top relationship-related stories in pop culture today and how to apply them to you in real life. Okay, so the first story is about this pop star slash influencer named Olivia O'Brien. Um, so she claims that Pete Davidson broke up with her via text in 2020. So apparently he broke up with her via text. Pete's reps have replied, have responded saying that they were never an item and that uh, allegedly they were just hanging out as friends. Um, but also, this is also why it's like important to either kind of be like going on dates or not. You know what I mean? Like that delineation right. is important. Clear, 
not just hanging out happening yeah like are you going on dates like is that or if you're just hanging out like to Olivia this was a breakup like for her this was a breakup but to Pete he was like no it wasn't this was not a breakup like we just were hanging out as friends so anyway in real life um and Olivia like I have no idea who this woman was. And she's, I I mean, I think it may be like, who knows, you know, how. Definitely a publicity stunt. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's like a a musician. Um, But anyway. about to launch a new single. Exactly. It's the perfect time to do it, Olivia, if you haven't already. Um, But in real life, is text an appropriate way to break things off with somebody? And I want to break it down though, Christina, to not just dating. Like I want to talk about the different stages of a relationship and what's the appropriate way um, that you think and that I think to break things off with somebody. So let's talk about the different stages. So let's talk about the talking stages. So maybe you either met out at a party or you met on an app or you were introduced through a matchmaker that doesn't set up your dates, which is not the way that we work. Um, we set up the first date for all of our clients. Um, So in those talking stages, they haven't been on a date yet. They haven't met yet in real life. Is texting, maybe they've talked on the phone, is texting an appropriate way to to, um, to kind of dissolve that situation? Yes. And I don't think you need to say anything. The person just needs to stop asking the other person to hang out. So the man, just stop asking her to hang out. Don't try to do a fade. Because that is so awful. It's still, it's breadcrumbing. And that means giving her a little bit. So she thinks that you might still be interested and that's torture. So please, if you're not interested in her anymore, just stop asking her to hang out. And it's a clear message and hang out. So that includes this well, whole hangout situation. That's, but this is even in the, t- that's in the talking phase. So they haven't even been on a date yet. So before you go on a date, totally appropriate to just not ask somebody if you don't want right. to go out with them, just, just don't ask, ask them on a date. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's talk now about dating. So say they've been on a bunch of dates or they've been on a couple dates. Is texting an appropriate way to break things off with somebody if you've been on a few dates and for whatever reason, just not feeling it, or maybe somebody met somebody else or whatever. Right. And I would say, that one date, I think it's probably kind of clear as the man, you know, if you're going to ask her out again at the end of the date, the first date. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't plant a seed of all the things you want to do with her or during the date and stop. If you're doing that and you're just trying to get to, to get physical with her, that is evil. So don't do that. If you're not interested in her and being in a relationship with her, then at the end of the date, you just don't have to say anything about an additional date. You don't have to, I don't think they really need to do anything at the end of the day. Yeah. Such, such a great just, time meeting you. It was so much you. fun meeting you. Right. I had but such a great time. It was a blast He doesn't need you. to follow up with that I completely at the end agree. of that. But if you've been on more than one date, it is a little, unless it's kind of clear, you make it clear after the, after the second date or after the third date, that you both 
just don't feel that this is the right fit, then you can just talk about that after the date. You don't have to to text anything. About no, but that. I think texting is super appropriate in that in that circumstance. Okay. I think texting is really appropriate in a lot of circumstances. Um, but yeah, I think once if you've been on a couple dates with somebody or even on a date like with somebody and you're just not feeling it, texting is such an appropriate way. It's really low key. It's just have a nice text, be like, hey, it was so much fun meeting you. I just don't feel that romantic connection that you um that you're that I'm looking for, that you also deserve. I wish you the absolute best in everything. And right. this is and not the just the man. It's too. not just the man that's right. breaking that's things off. The women it's- are the breaking things off too. Right. And this she is a, also, yeah, also ladies. Um, and I know that it's, it's awkward and hard if you're not into somebody that maybe you've been on a date or two dates or something. And the guy just continues to reach out to you, um, instead of ghosting. Um, so this is a really good alternative to ghosting because right. listen, I'm no angel. I have definitely in the past just, kind of stopped replying to men. Um, and I regret that because I think that that's not the nicest. It's just not, it's not the way that, you know, it's not the way that a human should be treated. Mm -hmm. So as you're dating ladies and gentlemen too, if you're talking to somebody and you just, you just like, listen, it's just not for me. You can send them a really kind message just to be like, Hey, I think you're awesome. I had so much fun getting to know you. I just don't feel that romantic connection. You totally deserve that. I totally deserve that, that I wish you the absolute best. It doesn't have to be passive aggressive. It doesn't have to be like, well, it's your turn to plan the date or something weird. Like, or like lose my number or something bizarre. Right. It doesn't have to be the other person's fault. Yeah. Why it's, there's no relationship one's fault. Is it doesn't, yeah. if you don't want to see the person again, that's fine. That's, that's every fine. reason to want to end things. They don't have to have done something. Yeah. That it is just could the, just be that you're just up. Yeah. You're just not, you just like somebody else better or whatever. That's totally fine. Or you just don't so now, want to see them again. Yeah. You just, yeah. You just rather be watching a Netflix documentary. Also very valid to just not want to continue to date somebody. Okay. Um, exclusive boyfriend, girlfriend situation. So is texting an appropriate way to end things? If you're an exclusive boyfriend, girlfriend situation. Absolutely. No communication about any relationship issues should not be over text. It should be in person or over the phone. I know some breakups are excruciating. So sometimes over the phone in a phone call is the best way to do it because you know it's wrong and you always get curled back into that person's arms when you spend time with that person. I've yeah, I've honestly, Christina, who have done I don't know that, that I fully, I don't know that I fully agree with you. I'm sorry. I don't know that I fully agree with you. I think that some relationships it's exactly, it becomes a debate. Like a breakup becomes a debate. Right. And if you have tried ending things and, and you've expressed that things are but not that's working already for expressing you. it all, Sandra. That's not, that's not, this is the first time you're saying it has to be via yeah, if you're in, a, in yes. person. If you're in it a shouldn't be a random yeah. text that you send and they've never heard that you are unhappy. That you're unhappy. No, no, no. I agree with you there. But I also think that I just don't want 
like people to feel badly if they are in a situation where they feel like I've like, I think every situation is different. So I just don't want a blanket statement. Like, yeah, verbally express yourself, but then also it might just be like, but it's better. I, what all I'm saying is it's better to communicate than to just not communicate at all. You know what I mean? Like, cause some people like, you know, like, okay. Engaged. It has a text, a text breakup for an engagement. Yeah. I would say the same thing from exclusive on (laughs) my, my advice holds. Okay. And my advice shifts to, it has to be a hundred percent in person as excruciating as that might be. It absolutely has to be. And if you need to invite them to a therapist's office so that you have another person that's helping you in that respect, then go for that. Mm -hmm. And then married. Yep. What would you say, Christina? Same in person, obviously. Yeah. And that's also something that it's just so... I can't give advice for breaking up a marriage. So I would- Okay, well, hopefully that, yeah, okay. So let's move on to, yeah, let's leave it, leave it where it's at. Okay, let's move on to this next bizarre story. So Ricky Martin um, is denying allegations surrounding a domestic abuse restraining order that was filed against him in Puerto Rico so, so bizarre. Apparently, um, him and uh, this unnamed party dated for seven months and then they split. And now, um, and he is denying the allegations, saying that they're completely false and fabricated. So, in real life, I just feel like we're seeing so many domestic abuse allegations coming out against some of our favorite male stars. Um, so like the Johnny Depp allegations, Ricky Martin allegations, um, should women still see a domestic abuse allegation as a red flag? <laughs> Do you want to start answering that else? Oh, want- I will answer it. Okay. 150%. Yes. Uh, I bless these men. And I really, really hope that they're being um, that they're being genuine in this denial of domestic abuse um, allegations of denying these allegations. I really, with my whole core, um, hope. But ladies, if there is a if you run a basic background check and things pop up Mm. as domestic abuse, restraining orders, ladies run, run for the hills where there's smoke, there's fire. I, this is just something that I feel so passionately about. I think it's so, the statistics surrounding this, and this is why the Johnny Depp situation, and I really, my heart really does go out to him if these, if he is totally innocent, Um, even though, even when you look at that trial there, when you hear, when, if you actually listen to the trial, you know, there were a lot of very, very, very concerning text messages that were sent about Amber's 
dying, a blood dying corpse and like all of these bizarre things. So every part of me wants to believe that the Johnny Depp situation, like he is completely innocent because I, Johnny Depp was my celebrity crush, you know, for a very long time. Um, but I think that all of these things, it's confusing for women when they're dating um, because they are thinking, oh, well, if, you know, this guy, this was a false al- allegation, oh, then a guy can use that and say, well, look at Johnny Depp. He was, but that is such a small percentage. That's it why is. it's so it hard. Is. It is such a small percentage of, of these situations. So if, if a man has a criminal record of any kind, ladies, run, just run and beyond a parking is- ticket, run beyond a parking ticket, maybe a DUI 30 years ago. Like I would be like, okay, maybe he's like straightened out, you know, before right. Uber. Even I know even so it's just not good to have those things on your record, but it goes, but it, it goes both ways. Alessandra. It's not just about the women, the women, aren't always innocent in all of these situations. So we have to remember that. Remember we had that female, remember we had that woman that wanted to work with us and we did a background check on, we've had so, we've had a bunch of that actually. And we did a background check um, on multiple women and they had domestic abuse allegations against them. It's true. And we, we couldn't move forward with working with them. Exactly, exactly. And I think- Alessandra specifically, we're talking about this in a dating sphere, not just the, um, not just, not a public sphere of we should blacklist and cancel this person. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that we should be canceling Ricky Martin or canceling Johnny Depp or canceling Amber Heard, even though their actions from what was said are pretty weird. So this is much more in a specifically dating situation. If you meet someone and you find out that person has a criminal record, we advise not moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because also I think that to say it, to say there's also um, normal guys may say, oh, well, you see Johnny Depp and Ricky Martin, the people that date people in the public eye, people in the public eye have a lot to lose. Mm -hmm. So they also are targets. So I could also the side of me, like, well, one side of me is like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, believe women all the time. But the other side of me is like, or believe men and like believe the people that I believe the victim. The other side of me recognizes that these are public figures. They have so much to lose. They have millions to lose. Um, So they have to be extra careful with who they're dating, which is also why a lot of people in the public eye are public figures or people who are very successful like to work with matchmakers because we do background checks, social media checks, sex offender searches. We had to cancel a date the other day because Mm -hmm. one of the bachelors that we were about to set up had a battery charge. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was years ago, but we said, absolutely not. We cannot move forward. And he is quite successful, but no, absolutely not. Exactly. And as you're saying, Alessandra, you because especially you just can't, people can't compare men in the public eye or women in the public eye with mm-hmm. normal working professionals because of the level of 
what they have to lose, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about the Salem witch trials and how accusations don't always mean that something is true as that trial showed. You're right. You're right. Okay. Let's move on. All right, you guys, let's go on to our next segment, sisterly advice. And it's a Mansers edition. Every week we answer a listener's burning question. And every week we give them advice that only your sister would give you. Love is blind is so accurate. I've noticed women say that they want a Mark or Kenny type guy, but end up choosing a Barnett every time. LOL. I think Gianna was obviously sexually frustrated. My big takeaway is that men and women are afraid to say what they really want because it often isn't politically correct. I'm in my 20s in Cincinnati, but it seems the more I court a woman, the less she's into me. The inverse is true as well. The woman who I'm not that into try to chase me. What are your thoughts on male date coaches like the one below who helps guys like me? I couldn't help but wonder, Wes. Thank you so much, Wes, for sending this in. And I want to just bit by bit, you have a lot of amazing questions in here and great, great content. And I want to make sure we handle everything. So you, the first point was you, women say they want a good guy, like Mark or Kenny's I'm putting good guy in quotes, but they end up choosing a bad boy, Barnett. That's what I'm going to. And this is also, is that true based on the love is blind? Absolutely. Okay. Good guys versus F boy slash bad boy. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Okay. And his, he's saying, Wes is saying that his takeaway is that men and women are afraid to say what they really want because it often isn't politically correct. And I would say that the problem with that is, yeah, sometimes women do want the, are more attracted to that bad boy mentality, but it ends up not leading into a relationship. So Mm -hmm. the advice for men to turn into bad boys, if they, if they're good men is not good advice. Mm -hmm. The, and it's not, it's not that it isn't politically. Yeah. Women that's yeah. Women tend to be attracted to bad boys, even if they're not good for them. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that's going to be a good relationship. And so, also I think that women with maturity grow out of that. Yes, so that's another little hack that the more mature a woman is, yes. the less likely she will be to fall for the, the whims of a bad boy. Yes, that is completely, completely true. And then your next point in my twenties here in your twenties in Cincinnati, but the more you court a woman, the less she's into me, the inverse is true as well. Now we see that usually if a man really likes a woman, he, as opposed to really not that into a woman, their gut reaction is to be, do more of a love bomb situation and that turns women away. So when my husband was courting me, just as an example, he, he played it cool. He said to himself, wow, Christine is amazing. I don't want to mess this up. So I'm going to play it cool. He still pursued me. He still was consistent. He still was slow and steady, but he wasn't sending me good morning texts every day. He wasn't lavishing me with every single gift in the world in the beginning. 
he was being very just intentional, but in a very, just knowing that he doesn't know me, he's interested, but he doesn't want to scare me away. And I want you to just look at your own behavior and see if maybe you're treating how you're courting women. And it might be too much if you like them. And for the women who you don't really like, it could be just, maybe they're just really attracted to you and, and want to push things ahead with you, but there's no point in putting, pushing things ahead with them if you're not interested in them. So you're also, also in that behavior, there is that intermittent reinforcement that studies show does hook a woman like that kind of intermittent reinforcement. So you are inadvertently uh, like kind of by accident, by being a little less available, you are hooking these women that you are not really into. And it seems like you're a really good guy. So that's, that's okay, but it's interesting. It's really fascinating to know that that's what's happening here. Um, sorry, Christina, continue. And I, I'm yeah. going to find also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Continue, continue. That's great. So yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to say. We don't want you to be playing games with women who you're interested in at all. We want you to be consistent, but not be overbearing, not be mm-hmm. texting them every day, every single second of the day, calling them all the time, being very intentional and really praying about how to do this the right way, talking to other men who are successful in their relationships, who are good men. And I know that you were asking us about this male date coach who helps guys. Alessandra, you listened to the the advice. Do you think that it is helpful for good men or do you think it will turn them into bad boys? No, I mean, I think I really enjoyed his approach. I mean, he, he like is very unabashed that he's an F boy. And he was like, I'll probably see uh, Gianna on Tinder in three months because he's basically said that she needs an F boy. She wants the emotional highs, the emotional lows. She wants the roller coaster. And um, the nice guy, Kenny, it was just not giving that to her. So she was then getting really bratty to him because she was, was kind of self-sabotaging and picking a fight with him because things were just, things were stable. So that's why it's also important to understand that there are a lot of different types of women. And it's also important to get to know women before kind of putting all of your, all of your love and affection and desire into that, into one woman. Exactly. Or you really get to know her. Exactly. So that's and why, that yeah. Self is going to make you more appealing. For women. Yes. That you're not yes. putting everything in, not that you're saying, oh, I'm dating all this. You never say that. Never. Oh my gosh. But you're not just <laughs> over, it's women can tell if you're just, wow, he's just constantly on me. I don't even know him. And more, he doesn't even know me. So I think that that's also a big thing with women. A lot of women, when they do meet a guy and they, and the guy kind of is prematurely a premature, remember Christina, premature infatuation. We have Mm -hmm. a term for this. So the premature infatuation, um, I think that a lot of women kind of maybe have dealt with this in their past where they've had a situation that a guy was prematurely infatuated with them. And then they've ended up kind of falling for it and then getting burned. So it's also like, there's a lot that goes on with that. And that might 
ultimately repel them from that kind of in that kind of behavior because they're like, okay, I've done this in the past. I've seen guys that were really into me really, really early on, and then it didn't work out. So that might repel them. And it also might repel them if, um, yeah, like if it, if they, if you don't know the person and there's just too much, just too much too soon, but that's why Christina, your advice is so amazing because it's just kind of having that level of objectivity of like, listen, I think you're awesome. I'm excited to keep getting to know you like that to women is hot. That to women is sexy. It's intentional. It's not over promising. It's not under promising. It's saying, I think you're awesome. I'm loving getting to know you. Are you free Thursday? Are you free Saturday? Let's do a day. Like, I want to keep getting to know you. You don't have to talk future. You don't have to plant those seeds um, because you both don't know each other. You may learn something about her, you know, in a, in a couple dates that you're like, whoa, this is not the woman for me. And then you are left you know, then the poor girl is devastated because she then put all of her eggs in your basket because she thought it was a safe experience, but then it wasn't. So you guys, it's just best practice. Slow and steady wins the race. Be intentional. Don't, don't overpromise for the, for the future because you can't, don't do that to yourself. You're going to set yourself up for failure too. Mm. Um, but the women who I'm not into try to chase me again, that goes into the intermittent reinforcement. So gamers, a guy that is in the game and like kind of understands the game and his end goal is maybe to hook up with a woman. He understands that, that, so we don't want you to be that kind of guy. We want you to be the kind of guy that what's your intention. Your intention is relationship. Your intention is somebody that you're going to be able to spend time with, keep getting to know, build a future with, build a positive relationship relationship with not to just hook her, sleep with her and then ghost her. Okay. Um, great. But no, I mean, I liked that male date coach. I thought he was really interesting to listen to. Um, just take, take little kernels. Don't take it all. Take little kernels from anyone that you hear. Okay. I think we can, um, I think we can move on. But wonder, and I love that Wes wrote. I couldn't help but wonder. That was his. That was really cute, (laughs) Wes. We were we're fans. You've won us over. Great. As sisters, we grew up watching Sex and the City. Now, as personal matchmakers in 2022, we are living in a very different dating landscape than the ladies once were. In this segment, we debate each question that Carrie couldn't help but wonder episode by episode through today's lens. And this is season four, episode 12, Just Say Yes. In matters of love, how do you know when it's right? So love this episode. Um, This is where um, Carrie has to, Carrie is almost having to move out because her building is going co-op. That means like everybody has to own. Um, So now Aiden is suggesting that they move in together. Um, And then he decides that he can buy the apartment next door to Carrie's and make Mm. a bigger place for them. So, oh my gosh, Aiden, bless you. Like Aiden is a good guy. Like, oh, he's like such a sweetheart. Guided 
I know, of course. And um, she needs some thinking time, but then Carrie discovers an engagement ring among Aiden's stuff. And do you remember, Christina, she sees the engagement ring and it's a pear-shaped diamond on a gold band. And she thought it was the most hideous thing that she's ever seen. Oh, It's funny because a few of my girlfriends just got engaged with pear-shaped diamonds and they're actually beautiful. But there was something about this ring that was quite... Just not right. Like just it just I wasn't. Haven't, I haven't. I forget. We look it up if you have. Yeah, it's been a minute. Know. But there was something about this ring that was like, oh, oh dear. Um, and so she then is like freaking out. Is Aiden the one? And she of course bumps into Big, of course. Um, and um. Anyway, Miranda actually helped Aiden pick out the initial ring. Really funny. Um, and then Aiden proposes huh. to Carrie and Carrie does say yes. Um, so anyway, um, Miranda tells Steve that she's pregnant with his child. Um, also, Charlotte, there's the fertility situation where she, I, I believe, is beginning I, IVF. And she um, throws around the idea of adopting an Asian child. And then Bunny, her mother-in-law, is like racist. So that kind of comes up as well. Um, But anyway, why don't we kind of tackle the whole how do you know when it's right thing, Christina? As somebody who, I mean, you... I mean, I can only speak on knowing it's wrong, unfortunately. Um, but that's actually is, I guess it is fortunate because it's helped it's me. Fortunate. Yeah, it's fortunate because it's helped guide me to not be with the wrong people for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Um, but but as somebody who, but also we've helped guide people. We've helped guide tons of single men and women to the right, quote unquote, right situation, the right partner. So in matters of love, how do you know when it's right, Christina? Yes, well, that takes time. It's not yes. going to be a an instantaneous answer that we're all looking for. And this whole saying of when you know, you know, is we've talked about how misleading that can be mm. because it almost pressures people to think, I should know by now if he was the right man for me or she was the right woman for me, I should know by now. But that in reality takes a lot longer than a two hour movie because we see movies and we think, Oh, that happened. So that relationship happened so quickly. Mm -hmm. And we think that our lives mirror that, but our lives are not like, don't mirror that time frame, Even if, our story ends up being similar. It takes a lot longer to determine if someone's the right person for you. And if you think that if you really buy into that, that phrase and the dream that you will know immediately. And and if you don't, then he's not the right person you're going to, or she's not the right person. You're going to be single for a long time and you probably will miss out on really great people who you should have given a chance to, who could have actually been the right person for you. So my advice is to really be open and give people a chance and spend time with for in your relationship to go slowly. We recommend waiting three months before getting into an exclusive relationship while dating someone. And then before getting engaged, waiting a year. 
that the four seasons together. Right. So you can see all the four that go to the four, four seasons. seasons. <laughs> that's well, that's an unofficial <laughs> Alessandra recommendation, not an official match. Be sure to stay at the four seasons together <laughs> in separate hotel rooms if you're going. <laughs> so that's what I would say. It takes time. And then through that, if you are consistently both wanting to continue spending time with the person. And if you can, as the, as the relationship progresses, talk about the future and see if your futures, what you want for your futures align well, then it could be the right person for you. But of course you don't want to manipulate anything you want to, as the man, you want to be the one in control of proposing and, and, asking for her to be your girlfriend first, obviously, and then proposing women don't feel that you need to really do anything to with that conversation other than saying, yes, I don't want women starting that conversation unless it's been longer than three months. And then I feel like it is okay for- Oh, of the exclusivity conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I know personal experience of, um, and personal experience and also working with clients who ultimately did end up finding the one and kind of that right situation and deciding on deciding that it's right. You know what I mean? It's like making that decision because marriage is a choice and love, you know, love is a feeling, but feelings are fleeting. So ultimately it's a choice and it's a decision and it's a verb. We always hear that. This is the most cheesy dating advice ever, but love is a verb. It's an action. It's an every single day decision that you're making to be in love with that person, to do life with that person, to live out, you know, to live out your futures together. Um, I, I also do know very, (laughs) um, very much, when it's wrong, I think that it's very apparent when it is wrong. I think that that is coupled with um, what's wrong is going to be different for everybody. But I know for me, um, it's coupled with insane levels of anxiety, um, just not trusting the person, um, really just not being excited about the future, dreading the future, Um, I, I think that there are, it's important to not only listen to your heart, but listen to your head as well. It's that kind of marrying of the heart and the head. And I ultimately also am a big believer that the right partner is going to be somebody that brings you a lot of peace and peace and just feeling like that kind of quote unquote, right feeling of just feeling at peace and feeling a a level of excitement that isn't this, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay. It's this peaceful knowing of, yeah, this is great. I'm excited about this and I want to make this choice and I want to make this decision. Um, again, I have not, had that (laughs) yet with my, um, with my engage, like, you know, with any, with my, like, I have not had that with my person just yet. Um, but we have worked with so many men and women and, 
right now, actually all, yeah, who have, and all of our matchmakers actually right now, oh, with the exception of two of us are married in really beautiful marriages that I love. I just love to hear about them and with children that they're just, that they love. So, um, I think it's, it's, I think as somebody who's around it, and I can I can say that definitively. Definitely, there, there has to be that level of peace there. And you Definitely. were super peaceful with Dan too, right, Christina? Yeah. You felt a yeah. lot of peace. It was yeah. excitement, but it was also excitement peace. and anxiety about certain dating things. But it, it really mm-hmm. didn't have to do with. It was more of my own things that I was working through as and getting to know him and working together with him with. It just, it's, there's always going to be a certain No, level. exactly. Because the anxiety also, if this is somebody that has an anxious attachment style, but I also do know that there are right. partners that soothe that style and there are partners right. that exacerbate that style. Oh, yes. Yes. So if yes. you are, are with a partner that's avoidant, it's going to be exacerbated. And that's probably the worst person ever to marry. Yeah. Um, but if you're with, if you have an anxious attachment style, you know that certain triggers happen, but then your partner can soothe that, st- yeah. that, that they can soothe you, then exactly. we're good. Um, so then you're not activated 24 seven, right. um, because that's also something that you need to look at as in a match. Okay. So yeah, I love that. Great. Fabulous. Why don't we head into catching up with the Contis? Okay, great. Well, I will be on relevant radio on trending with Timory. Oh, good. You're doing it. That's next, so fun. Yes. On next Thursday. Let's see, July 14th. And that is 4 p.m. No, no, no. That is not 4 p.m. That is 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern, and 4 p.m. Pacific, if I got the time zones right. And that's on, you can download the relevant radio app if you want to hear it either live or just you can listen to the podcast later. Love it. Love it. Love it. And my catching up with the Contis, I, what, I don't even know. Yeah. I have just, I was a maid of honor at one of my girlfriend's weddings who I actually introduced her to Yes, um, her. her yes. Husband. I introduced her to her husband. Are those photos on your Instagram, Alessandra? Can people see? Yes, they are. At matchmaker Alessandra Conti. Um, you'll see Jenny. Jenny is, um, she used to be a Jewish matchmaker and we had met at an an event in Beverly Hills and, um, what a guy that's actually still in our database. Um, he was like, you know, you don't know Jenny Applebaum. And I'm like, no. So Jenny, um, was, uh, um, when she, a few years ago, she was a Jewish matchmaker and we met and we just, instantly connected and became really good friends. And we've been really close for about seven, eight years now, Christina, eight years, even nine years, maybe. So we've been close. Yeah. For a really long time. So when she became single a couple years ago, we went out, of course, we went boy scouting, which is one of my favorite things to do with my girlfriends. Um, I'm a wonderful wing woman and love, love, love nothing more, um, than to introduce them when we go out. Um, this is also, this can be paid for as well. Um, if you guys want a date coaching session, like a live date coaching session, um, I am happy to bring you out. We can do a little boy scouting. I can do some live matchmaking. Um, 
But anyway, this was a pro bono match. So Jenny was about to leave the bar. We went to this um, bar, Mr. Furley's in Sherman Oaks. And she was about to leave the bar because she was like, oh, I just don't. I'm just so tired. I have to wake up early tomorrow. I'm like, Jenny, stop it. You haven't talked to one boy. And I said, Jenny, pick a boy, any boy, any boy you want. And she said, okay, fine. So she's like, here at him. So I said, wonderful. So I walked up to him and I said, hey, would you mind just taking a photo of us? And obviously like I, it's just so funny because it was like him and like seven other guys. And I just beelined to Gareth is his name. And so I asked him to take a photo. And then after he took a photo, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such an amazing, um, this is such an amazing picture. Are you a photographer? And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, oh my gosh, have you met Jenny? Have you met Jenny? I pulled a how you met your mother. And the rest is history. They ended up talking for the rest of the night. And then they obviously dated for, I think it was like two and a half years and then got engaged and then got married on last, not last Sunday, the Sunday before. So yeah, it was just Um, so, so happy for them. Um, but yeah, it's just been, for me, it's been a time and a moment of fun of socializing of just getting getting get I'm like getting out there getting out there in the world and just being just experiencing joy fabulous <laughs> uh, great anyway. so let's move on to our new segment all Sandra's affirmation and classics with Christina yes. All right, you guys. So I want you to pause whatever you're doing and I want you to take a deep breath with us. So I want you to breathe in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That is such a great thing for your nervous system and it can help you reset um, your nervous system and activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the soothing nervous system that you're, that you want to be in. So my affirmation of today is the common thread in all of your joyful moments is you. And you can say it as an, I am like the, as an I statement. So the common thread in all of my joyful moments is me. The common thread in all of my joyful moments is me. So remember, you're the common thread, honey. I'm so proud of you. Christina? Great. So for classics with Christina, I'm, I was just torn between what to do, but I think I'm just going to give people a little Lord of the Rings because <gasps> there's actually the Amazon Prime is doing this new series I think on the on the prequels to Lord of the Rings but they're changing up the time frame so a lot of Tolkien fans are not happy with this series I don't know if it's out already I'm not sure but there it's always an excuse to revisit the Lord of the Rings and the the wonder and how just fantastic what amazing works of literature the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit are and all What's of Tolkien's fiction. Yeah. And the lesson, the lesson, the lesson for that is if something is someone's story, don't alter it. 
So if you, and for dating, if you're listening to someone's story and you're trying to make it part of your own and make it fit into your life and have that person be the perfect person for you and fit into this box of who you think your perfect future husband or wife should be, that's not actually the person. So you want to spend time getting to know the person so you can authentically appreciate it, know that you authentically appreciate that person's story and aren't trying to alter it just so that they can fit what you think your perfect man or wife should be man or woman. I love should be. that, Christina. I absolutely love that. And that's just and because of the whole Amazon editing the story, mm-hmm. Tolkien story. So a lot of people are upset about that. That's how it connects. Oh, the editing of that. No, that's beautiful. And I also think it does relate to dating as well, because when you're, especially if you're dating and you, I know a lot of people out there are people pleasers. And Mm. I know that a lot of our bachelors and bachelorettes, when they go on a date, they kind of morph into not even, not even, um, consciously, but subconsciously they are kind of adjusting and maneuvering to what the other person like would be their perfect person. And so it's that adjustment of your own story and your own self. Um, but Oh my God, there's, sorry, there's like either gunshots or fireworks going off and In the Um, middle of the day. Yeah. Hmm. So that's why I think, yeah, I mean, it could be gunshots. It is, you know, we are in the rough rough streets of Brentwood here. Um, I was in Beverly Hills this morning. Um, But anyway, um, anyway, okay. No, I, I, I say that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, but yeah, so I think that it's, but that's also why like the journey, it's all about you know, we're the, we're, we're the person in our journey. We're the constant in our journey. So I think that these all kind of meld and relate back to each other, Christina. So very cool, cool classics. Well, anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening and for being with us today. And, um, just know that we're sending you the biggest hug and whatever chapter you're in right now, just know that you have so much love and so much support by, from me and Christina and all the matchmakers at matchmakers in the city. Um, and I also will make a, a baby plug for date coaching with matchmakers in the city. Um, as somebody who's, um, been through about a thousand therapists at this point, it is, I know the value of an incredible coach and I know the value of somebody that actually cares about you and that really understands what you're going through and understands especially dating and the dating struggles and challenges that you're facing. And just as I've journeyed, it makes me so much more appreciative and grateful that we provide the service of date coaching with the incredible team of matchmakers that we have. Um, I talked to Liat for like 20 minutes today and I, she's one of our matchmakers. She was in Beverly Hills. We were meeting with a client and it's just, she cares so much and she has the most incredible advice and 
Liat, Karina, Dahlia, JD, these, Christina, you know, these are matchmakers that care and that have been there and that want you to be thriving and want you to succeed. And I definitely cannot say that about every therapist, not to to throw them under the bus, but I just had so many bizarre experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so if you are looking for a date coach that just can help you along your journey of dating, it's, you know, it's not for people that are, you know, scraping together their last penny. It's for people that are in a great place in their careers financially, but it is so, so beyond worth it, um, to work with the team. Um, but anyway, and I, obviously I care so much and I will be an ally for you and a cheerleader for you. So if you want to book a session with me or Christina, just know that we do genuinely care about every single person that we're working with. I just think it's, I think it's so important to say that, um, just having been through what I've been through with these people that could literally care less. Um, anyway, not to sound bitter, <laughs> not bitter or anything, just not bitter, just better. Um, anyway, you thank guys you were sending so me the biggest hug. Yes. Christina, so thank you for chatting with me. Chat and we will see you all soon. See you on the flip side. Okay, bye. bye you guys. much for listening to Dating in the City. For more information on how to be matched by one of our matchmakers, visit www.